we're studying about the covenants and uh, uh, how God moves in covenants. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the Mosaic covenant. The Mosaic covenant. Uh, I'll begin by giving you a little background. The Mosaic Covenant was a conditional covenant. And um, there again, if you'll recall, and when we first started this, some covenants are conditional, some were non-conditional. There are more that are conditional than they are non, but nevertheless, they, they are some that, uh, uh, that are um, non-conditional. But the Mosaic Covenant... Uh, is uh, conditional. There's conditions for it. That was based upon people keeping the law God gave Moses. Moses was the agent. We've been telling each covenant that we had who was the agent of the covenant. Moses was the agent of the covenant. And the punishment for breaking the covenant was death. The punishment for breaking the covenant was death. Uh, there was no mercy under the Mosaic covenant, and I'm going to. I hope I can get to, uh, there, there. I want to give you one example. I hope I can get to it. But let me uh, quit rambling. Maybe uh, the covenant is based upon the Ten Commandments. That's what the foundation is, but then it branches on off to covers a lot of other things too. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, and reading down the first 17 verses, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. I'm reading from the, uh, the New King James Version. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. There are some things about God that even though when you move from covenant to covenant, there's some things about God that never changes. And this, this attribute of God never changes. He always has been a jealous God, and He always will be a jealous God. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a jealous God, and that, that will never change. Notice what He said, I'm a jealous God, visiting iniqui the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. My, my. But showing mercy to thousands to those who love me. Here, that's, there's your condition right there. And keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes the, uh, his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do not 
your work. Uh, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day, Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Then we come to another commandment. Honor your father and your mother. And this is the only commandment with promise. Jesus said that in the New Testament, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not cover, covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor. Part of those commandments was in relation between the people and God, and the other part was in relation to people and one, one another, if you'll notice there. And uh, all the, the Mosaic law, this was the foundation of it. Everything else uh, was built on top. There was more commandments and other things other than that. And what I'm going to talk briefly tonight, and then I'll stop, is uh, I'm jumping down in there, but I, I want to get to something to show you about telling you about what the condition for breaking that covenant is. He said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, I believe everybody has studied enough and knows and understand that uh, when we come to church or here on Sunday, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Sunday is the first day of the week, not the seventh. Uh, the seven-day Adventist has it right on that point. The Sabbath was on Saturday. And that was the day that there was a do no work whatsoever. There was, there, there was, there was no, no excuse, no getting around. Now, I can remember... And I think some of you remember, we talked a few minutes ago about the state of Tennessee, you know, don't want, didn't want, they voted against making the Bible the state book. Well, I'm old enough to remember the old Sunday blue law. Anybody know what the Sunday blue law consisted of, basically? Well... Uh, I, I, well, the law stated at first, and then they started, they began to weaken it down and water it down. You could not go nowhere uh, and, and buy anything. Uh, where Douglas worked there at the farmer's market uh, uh, for, for years, I remember going in there on Sunday, and they, they, they sold not food items, but they sold clothing and everything else. I had been, I have been in there on Sunday where they would have the clothing section completely roped off. Only food, only food was the only, the only thing that you could get. 
uh, and uh, to be able to go into a small store to pick up some food, and uh, you, you were fortunate to find a gas station that was open. Uh, and, uh, uh, but that was part of how this nation has changed uh, from, from what it used to be to what it, is, what it is now. Now, this thing about remembering the Sabbath to keep it holy, and I told you that uh, uh, the penalty for breaking is death. I want him to put up Numbers chapter 15, beginning at verse 32. Now, pay close attention to this, and I want you to really think hard on this. Now, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, this was during the 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Uh, we don't know why he was gathering sticks. We don't know if he was gathering them to build a fire or why he was gathering the sticks. You don't, the Bible don't say. But he was out picking up sticks, but he was doing it on the Sabbath day. And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. They put him under guard. He was arrested for picking up sticks on the Sabbath. They put him under guard because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Okay. Then the Lord said to Moses, now this was God. Moses didn't come up with this. He didn't get a bunch of elders together and they didn't vote on doing this. They didn't vote on nothing. All right. God spoke to Moses. The man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died for just picking up sticks. For just picking up sticks. Think about that. It lets us know a few things about God. Number one, God don't play when he says something. If God says something, he means it. Amen. And this was the basis of the covenant that those people were under that day. I'm, I, I'm glad I'm living on this side of the cross. Hallelujah. The Bible says the law came by Moses, grace and truth by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. That, that, that chorus that Brother, Brother Darrell sings, we sing around here, quite his grace and his mercy. Hallelujah. You wouldn't receive that if you lived back then. Amen. You wouldn't receive that if you lived back then. Uh, and that was the law. That's what they lived by. And uh, they had to follow that. The consequences for breaking it. Amen. But see, when Jesus come on the scene... 
he and the disciples went through a field of corn on the Sabbath. And the disciples were hungry. They hadn't ate in a while. And they plucked some of the uh, uh, corn and began to rub it through the hands and began to eat it. They was, they was hungry. And uh, the Pharisees found fault with that and said, they're disobeying. How many remember reading uh, in, the, uh, in the New Testament about a Sabbath day's journey? You could not walk but a certain distance on the Sabbath. You was limited to how far? Yeah. Wow. Now I, I, I'm a history buff, and I studied history. I didn't. I hadn't picked that up. Now that that sparks my interest there. I'm going to have to investigate that. That sparks my interest. Uh, wow. <laughs> But here's, here's, the, here's the issue. Uh, God don't never change. But his methods for dealing with people does. Amen. And you hear it said a lot today that the message stays the same. The method might change. And some of our methods, we have to change so we can reach this generation. Amen. And uh, the problem with a, a lot of people is they want to go back to that covenant and, uh, and take some things and implement it into the the covenant that we're under today but it don't mix it's like oil and water it don't mix and a lot of people have a problem understanding and uh there was a question that was asked and i hadn't had this past sunday about a particular scripture uh, out of the book of De- Deuteronomy, and uh, I was hoping he would be here tonight. I was going, going, going to talk to him about it, but he's, he's not here tonight. And uh, when I went home and I looked up the scripture that he gave me, it was, re- it was really one of those far, far out things. But when I, the first thing that I need, need to tell him is, that's, that's something in Deuteronomy that we don't even have to worry about because we are not under it. Amen. Now, uh, Sister Darlene, stand up. Uh, turn, turn around where everybody can see you. Okay. I like, like, like the sand of her shirt there. But do you know under the old law, and you will find this written in Deuteronomy, that they would break the law if people wore garments of diverse colors. You could not wear garments of diverse, all many different colors. See, she's got green and red and and black. Okay, that's uh, uh, that's that that was part of that was part of of the law, and. 
people who want to try to go back and put that upon people or what, uh, what we talk about uh, legalistic. And I'm going I'm to be honest with you. I came, I came, when I came out of the denominal world, I came, uh, came under was as legalistic as you can get. And we have a tendency that if somebody gives you truth and helps you understand truth that you've never seen before, you have a tendency to want to take everything that they say. But that's not always the case. It's not always the case. Uh, and I found myself battling for many years because I was, I, was, I was a kid, I was still a teenager, and uh, a lot of the things that I picked up I was shaped uh, through some legalistic ideas uh, that particular church that I was baptized in Jesus' name in, you never would see a, a man, or uh, a, a man especially, wearing a colored shirt to church. They always wore white. They didn't wear ties because ties was considered uh, 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 to, for somebody to be proud and boastful. Solid white shirts, collars down to here, buttoned up. The top collar always buttoned. Always buttoned. Um, and, uh, and a whole lot of other things. Uh, the pastor of that church, a few years later, his wife got ill. And... Uh, uh, she got got sick. I forget what it was, but but I do remember whatever it was that she was sick with. She could she could have went to the doctor and got treated, and it was it was it it, it was nothing. She would she would have been all all right, but he let her lay there in that bed and refused. Different members of the church finally gave in and tried to get him to go and take the first lady to the. Uh, finally, she got so bad as trying to get him to take her to the emergency room. Wouldn't even do that. Uh, and she wound up dying uh, over something that was really ridiculous. Really ridiculous. Uh, and uh, I, I remember one 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 guy preaching that I in, in, in those circles that I went to. Uh, year uh, years ago, he preached that same thing. You you wasn't having faith in God if you went to the doctor. You don't trust God. You do not go to no doctor. And he would brag. He would brag and say, "I ain't even as much as taking an aspirin in so many years." It turned out to be like my daddy said coming home from that service one night. And by that time, my was up. he was up in his 70s. He said if he lives to get old enough, he'll take some aspirin. And as time went on, 25, 30 years passed. You know what? 
he had a medicine cabinet full of medicine, going to the doctor regular. And uh, suddenly, suddenly he got a new revelation that it's all right to go to the doctor's. It's easy to talk that stuff when you're young and healthy. Amen. But folks, thank God for grace. Now, we're going to get into this a little deeper next week. I'm going to stop it right here. Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot more that I want, to, I want to talk about this because this issue of uh, trying to mix uh, the law and, and, and grace uh, is, uh, is something that that many still have issues with uh, today. And uh, I, remember, I remember Bishop Carl Angle making a statement. He went for years, that, uh, that brother did, and uh, traveled over the country. And uh, he'd get one, maybe two, uh, to come, come to the altar and get the Holy Ghost and all that. And... I never will forget when he came over there, Brother Hales, and got up and said, he says, he was seeking God because it seemed like he was traveling so many miles and wasn't accomplishing a whole lot. So he prayed and he fasted and sought God, and God gave him the answer. He didn't like it, but he said he started doing it. And at that point, the very next year, he baptized over 700 people in Jesus' name. You know what God told him? God told him, you preach too much condemnation, start preaching more grace. You preach too much condemnation, start, start, start preaching more grace. Hallelujah. Even Jesus said he didn't come to the earth to condemn. Amen. But the world through him might be saved. 